When the world has got you down. Alzheimer's sucks. It's an equal opportunity disease that chips away at everything we hold dear. And to date, there's no cure. So until there is, we continue to fight with the most powerful tool in our arsenal, love. This is Love Conquers Alls, a real and really positive podcast that takes a deep dive into everything Alzheimer's, the good, the bad, and everything in between. And now, here's your hosts, Susie Singer-Carter and Cassie Cruz. All you gotta do is sing a song. Hey, everybody. I am Susie Singer-Carter. And I am Cassie Cruz. And welcome to the podcast, Love Conquers Alls. We like to talk about Alzheimer's in all's ways, (laughs) because we need to talk about it and embrace it and face it and not ignore it or deny it, because here it is, and it's affecting all of us in some way or another. So with that being said, we have an awesome guest with us, and I want to introduce her. Her name is Kristen Hicks. And her experience with Alzheimer's goes back to 1992 when she worked in a small rest home in in Florence, Massachusetts. Uh, She was a food service director um, for the residents. Uh, she, She helped both her grandmothers and both of her parents. All of them had Alzheimer's. I'm, I just can't imagine having to deal with that on so many levels, Kristen. We're going to be able to talk about that. She was a caregiver for her mother in her final days um, in, ho- in hospice with cancer. And then 10 days later, she goes and visits her father in the state of Washington for a 10-day visit, but it ended up being 10 months because he could not be left alone, as she found out, because his memory had declined. And it was an experience as a 24-7 caregiver with her dad that gave her such a profound impact. I've had the great pleasure of um, working with Kristen on a fundraising campaign that we did for Alzheimer's Los Angeles with a premiere that I did with my movie, Broken Memories, with the late Rance Howard. And I wanted to just do a shout out to Judy Howard. We love you, Judy Howard. She had Alzheimer's and was diagnosed after we shot the movie with Rance. This is a story from Kristen. One day a resident asked me what I was making and I told her peanut butter cookie. She said, it's better than making elephants. That's true. (laughs) That's a fact. That's a true fact. (laughs) Everyone knows that. Everybody knows. (laughs) Kristen, could you share with us some of your stories that you have? And this disease has impacted your family greatly. Because we're looking for the silver lining, if there is one. And I think there is. All right. I am so happy to be here. You know, I, I think for me, it's like my, the, the beginning for me was probably, you know, when I worked in that rest home, it was small, intimate, you know, you only have 25 residents and, but they, you know, you're there with them all day long and they kind of become your family and you want to, you know, take care of them. It's a very nurturing environment. And that is my, was my first real experience and just learning how to, uh, and you know, they show up and they are hungry and they say, wow, you, I didn't get any breakfast. And you know darn well, you made that guy a huge breakfast and he ate every bite of it. <laughs> and you, let's get you something to eat. And uh, and they'd walk away all smiles. Right, right, right. Um, I know that my mom, we used to have, have to hide the bananas because she'd come and eat a banana and then come back for five minutes later and have another. And I'd say, so mom, fun. you just had one. Oh, really? I won't eat anymore. I'm sorry. I'll just leave them. <laughs> But they, you know, the, the, 
the cute moments and and sometimes they were crazy moments and, and their reality is so different mm-hmm. and you know you had to do a lot of redirecting because they uh you know they wouldn't let something go sometimes so you let you know what let's go out and i've got something for you and pull out a, a box jewelry box with all kinds of different things in it for them to sort through and look at and that was just a way to redirect them and even though i was the food service director i ended up you know it, it's a small place and you end up doing all the jobs there wow working one-on-one with these people and sitting with them and you know and sometimes they just need a little companionship all of us need a little companionship that's <laughs> When you first got that in your family, tell us about that, that first experience. How did you discover it? What was that like? Both of my grandmothers, they both had Alzheimer's. And there were just subtle things that, you know, my grandmother didn't know how to turn that garbage disposal on. I thought, wow, that's kind of odd. It was little things like that. And you realize like, wow, grandma's kind of losing her mind a little bit. And and uh, which is unsettling. And, you know, you look up to these people and you think that as a young child that they're going to live forever. And, uh, and that, you know, nothing will ever uh, destroy that. And, but man, think little, it was little things like that. And then realizing that grandma's not doing so well. And, you know, you go to visit the other grandmother and it's like, holy mackerel, you know, you cannot remember anything. And, uh, and it's the repetitive questions. Right. It was pretty eye opening. And uh, so I didn't have that day-to-day with my grandparents right just going for visits and it was that huge reality and it's remarkable when you're when you're not with them every day you really see the decline and I I noticed it with my mother when she when I would visit with her she came here and uh, I thought holy mackerel this is uh no this is not going well because your mom went through it with her mother was she aware that it was coming on when, when she started to exhibit some some of the symptoms? I think that she she was aware of it and she was trying Got to it. hide it. Yeah. She didn't understand the Alzheimer's, how how it you know she didn't understand it herself when with her mother, I believe. And that's what people have to understand is that someone with Alzheimer's, they're not in control mm-hmm. anymore. And they don't, they can't remember and they're going to repeat things and you can't get on them for asking again about the weather. I remember one time I'm sitting with um, somebody that I was caring for and family was around and she'd said something, grandma said something, and then she said it again, like two minutes later. And then she said it again, like two minutes later. And then like one of the the families are like, Hey, mom, you're scaring me, you know, stop that. And she goes, well, how do you think I feel? Right. It totally. <laughs> well, I have a question for you is how did your um, family care give for your grandmothers at that time? What did that look like then? Oh, uh, my one grandmother, she ended up at a care facility. So she was cared for and she again she was out of state, you know, my grandfather died. And within a month, she was in a care facility, she completely lost you know, her ability to stay on her by herself. My grandfather was partially blind. And I, I want to say he was the, the brains and she had the eyes and could do everything. That's that's and, just like my parents. It was my stepdad was the brain and, and but he couldn't hear very well or see. So my mom was, was the eyes and the ears and they made almost a perfect person. <laughs> yeah, she, he was reminding her that it was so-and-so's birthday yep. and you better get a card out or... 
mom, don't forget this. Okay. And so they made a great team. And when he died, she fell apart. Yeah. So it's sad. That's exactly my story too. And it's so, it's hard on them. It's hard because they are a unit. Yeah. And when one of them goes, it's very typical that the other one deteriorates pretty quickly after. And I, I saw that with my dad when my mom passed away. You know, I'd never seen him cry before and he sobbed and to lose your, your best friend, your partner, the number of sighs that man let out over, you know, after my mom passed away was quite remarkable. <laughs> well, I'm sure you know, it was just devastating. Just, no, it was the Alzheimer's that had just kicked him in the rear end and, and he couldn't you know, he just didn't have his mind. He'd just sit there and just let out these giant sighs. Did his Alzheimer's gear up after your mom's passing or was it before? It really, it was, you know, he was having a little bit of memory issues, but I didn't really realize to the extent until after she passed away. You know, we kind of had them all set up. I stayed with him for a month after my mom passed and, and I had the date planner out there. I had that for my mother because of her memory. And then, you know, that was his little lifeline was the date planner that I had set up. I put everybody's birthdays in there, big and bold. And uh, so that, you know, he, he could keep it all straight and import any other important dates. Um, so I think that was helpful. And he wrote everything in that date planner that he took the dog out potty and gave, gave the dog dinner and so. Uh, well, you just that, did something really super remarkable. I mean, this just triggered in me is that you actually pre-did that for your mom, did not know how much that was going to help your dad later because you actually got his behavior into a pattern of him writing things down. And, yeah. and that probably was a great help to him during this transition as well, that you didn't even know that you were setting that up for him. You were setting the stage. What, what a great idea. Yeah. And I, well, I mean, I just knew that I, I had to keep that, <laughs> keep that calendar going. Wow. And, uh, you know, for his, for his sake too. So he had, you know, boy, that next Christmas rolled around and he got it himself another calendar. Love it. <laughs> Love it. What is really kind of tough is that both grandparents had Alzheimer's and then both my mother and my father. So yeah. How does that make me feel? <laughs> how does that make you feel? You're probably scared. Oh yeah. There's just a little bit of that going on. My mom is the first person to have Alzheimer's that we know of, but literally a day doesn't go by if I can't remember a word while I'm talking that my heart doesn't start pounding because I think, uh-oh, I'm next. Talk about that because I know I'm not alone and you're not alone in that. When we... <laughs> it happens all the time, you know, or you're just like, holy mackerel, what was I just, what was, oh boy, what was that word or what is that? Yeah. What was I thinking about? And it does, it rattles you. It rattles you to the core. And I know for me, thank God I, I have um, younger daughters and my daughters will, I'll say, okay, that's it. I'm getting Alzheimer's. I mean, I say it all the time. They want to hit me. They want to suck me. And I, I want to hit you now too. I want to hit you now too, Susie. I know, you stop I saying that young lady. It's scary though, right? Kristen, you know that, right? And my yeah. daughters will say to me, mom, we forget words. Everybody forgets words, you know, and you have to remember that. Yes, that's true. You know, everybody does have. And I want to remind everybody and you too, Susie, because I love you. 
that what we start saying to ourselves could manifest. So please be careful with what we're saying to ourselves. Yes. hundred percent. <laughs> Always careful what you wish for. Yes. Although I do wish to be very, very wealthy. That hasn't happened. I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, are, we talked about that in another, in another episode. <laughs> and I've also wished to be five foot ten. Not happening. <laughs> Not happening. You can do that with heels, darling. Oh, I got them. Them's okay. I got. Okay, so you're five foot ten when you need to. When Look I need on. to be a leggy supermodel, bam, just like that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> anyway, back to Kristen. So yeah, you've been inundated with Alzheimer's. It's it's got to be daunting. And and now that your parents are gone, how are you taking care of yourself? Um, I I too, I'm learning to love myself and and. Being in that position as the caregiver, and it was 24-7, I was in a big, uh, it was a big two-story house on an acre and a half, and I had lawn to mow, I the riding lawnmower, you know, there were fruit trees that hadn't been pruned in years, and just uh, grapevines that hadn't been pruned, and, and uh, so every day, it was, I put on my work clothes, and it was like, what am I going to go do today? You know, there was a time when I was like, I didn't have, I wasn't doing anything for myself. I thought, well, my dad sleeps till 11, maybe 12 sometimes. This is my time in the morning. It's like having a young child or a baby. Totally. It's like, you need to organize, and when is your time? So I went to the gym in the morning um, so that I could feel better to conquer my days which were just incredible sometimes and overwhelming um and then I also I took a photography class because I love photography and you're a beautiful photographer you you have such gorgeous pictures and captured your dad in so many beautiful they're gorgeous they're absolutely gorgeous I love that the way you captured him in his and the progression of such and the photography brought me great you know joy and my father loved photography so that was a way for us to kind of connect and he couldn't remember how to operate the equipment anymore but he loved to just watch and you know then we I'd go out and take a bunch of photos or I'd sit him out in the yard you know i put a hat on him and he's got a flower in his hand and and you know smiling and happy as could be to be my my little subject and uh and then we go and look at the pictures you know after we you know did that little photo shoot and you know he just got a delight out of that and uh or you know I'd take him with me in the car and we go and you know we go dad, I want to go get a shot of this. Oh, all right, boy. You know, he was all smiles and happy to go. Uh, something for him, you know, to keep him busy. I love something it. Something that he loved. Not only just busy, but keeping him um, active and interactive with you and engaged. Absolutely. And, yeah. and because it was fun and he loved it. So that is the hook, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> and the big day we went out to uh, for Father's Day, we went to the Olympia uh, Air Show. My father absolutely loved aviation, and that's my other passion. You know, he for Father's Day, he got his, his Hicks aviation hat and proudly wore that. And his B-52s, or B, I think a B, B-17, I don't know, he had some airplane t-shirt on, and he was just happy as a lark out at that airport. Oh, my God. You're the best daughter. You're an amazing daughter. 
That's awesome. She's an amazing daughter, amazing caregiver, and amazing person, amazing yeah. friend. Yeah, she's I love amazing. That. She's amazing. <laughs> I love that. My dad also was a, that was his hobby was aviation. So there, yeah, I can just imagine had my dad lived long enough, that would be something that would just have made him beyond happy. Yeah, and it, and it you know, as the caregiver, it, it makes your day. And I would take the photos so I could share them with my family. I have a brother and a sister that, you know, they live, lived in, a, at the time it was Arizona and uh, Southern California and getting to Washington, you know, it's a trek. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, you know, I was always in my, uh, my dad's sister, big, you know, always sending her photos. And sometimes I would think twice, it's like, do I want to, do I want to dump this one on her or the harsh, re- it was the reality of it. Sure. You know, and, uh, you know, and sometimes they were just crazy, funny moments of, you know, like my dad with his, that was so vain and he would never walk around with his pajamas on the way that they were and his hair all messed up. And he put his little spring jacket on upside down and he had gone out on out the door and to go smoke and his, his jacket, because it's on upside down, he's got the pocket for the cigarettes and it's up on his shoulder, shoulder right oh, bless and his heart. He's trying to you know trying to get those cigarettes and you know it was just not something was you know, yeah he, he didn't realize like i got this thing on right upside down and uh but i thought i have just got to have a picture of this and so of course i snapped that and you know i was just so grateful for the you know the my phone camera because it was used to often. Oh, I know. It's the, it, thank God for the, our phone cameras, right? Because they're just there at all time. Yeah. And because these moments would come up and, and, you know, and sometimes I would videotape him, you know, and it was like, I left for my little respite to go, or it was my, my photography class and my aunt would come and hang out with him and give him his dinner and all that. And, but he would be left alone maybe for a short window of time. And, uh, but I guess when she had gotten there, he had uh, tried his key in the door, which was the wrong key. And he broke it off. And, uh, or I think she had to use pliers to get it out. Anyway, he broke the lock. But then, you know, it was his mission then to check all the locks. And, you know, and he realized that his, the keys were wrong and locks, not, you know, in his mind, things were not right. He was just using the wrong key. So, but you know, so we video, I videotaped this whole thing and how, you know, well, tell me what's going on. You know, this was serious. In his well, he mind. had to, he had to fix it, man. He, you know, I'm sure he had to fix keys a lot in his life and he had to make sure everything was working right and make sure he could lock things up, right? He had all these notes for each door and that that one is okay. That one, you know, nope, that one is not okay. And, you know, it's just like, oh my, oh my gosh. gosh, it's amazing. Well, because there are these like illusions that hap- start to happen, and I I didn't know about them until after they started happening. My mother, she would just she what decided she wanted to cuddle, come and sleep in my bed when she was living with me. So, I had um we were in the room and and she woke me up because you know I had a TV in my room and there's the little red light when it's turned off. She thought it was a fire, and so I kept saying to her, "No, mommy, that's just a light from the TV." Nope. It was a fire. She was so, and I realized, okay, I'm going to 
cover that light up. <laughs> right. And then I said, you know what? It is a fire. Let me put it out. You see, that's beautiful, Susie. Thank you. But I mean, I didn't know that it was a learning curve, right? Because right. you think, you know, I didn't know anything about Alzheimer's. I just thought, oh, okay, I'm going to be logical with her and go, mama, it's a TV. You know, that's a red light. No, right. she doesn't know it's a red light anymore. It's, it's a fire to her. Thank you for covering it up, putting it out and letting yep. her know that you did that. And now, now it's over. Now we that's can sleep. Direction that has to happen. Hey, um, Kristen, can we back up just a little bit? You know, you went to go visit after your mom passed, right? And then you were going to just visit your dad for 10 days and you ended up staying. Could you, could you discuss what that unfolding was like for you? Well, it's showing up there and realizing all the things that are not okay. <laughs> you know, it, for your parent, you want to make sure that they're eating well um, and that their bills are paid and um, that, you know, the house is properly maintained. And, you know, for the most part, you know, the house, he had all the dishes, the kitchen was spotless. That's how my mom liked it. And, and the floors and things, boy, he really, you know, he would say Elaine would not be happy if this floor wasn't clean. So he always was, he had that little carpet sweeper, but he would pull it out of the closets, those things that they use in a restaurant. There's, yeah, yeah. there's just a little sweeper thing. And he'd pull that out and it could be in the closet for five minutes and he'd go back and jump up and he'd go and do it again, the same spot. And, uh, but realizing that all these things that were just not okay and his that he was not remembering and he was not eating I went I was looking at the grocery receipts um and it had you know a few basic items but not any real food on there like wow what did you have for dinner and you look at the science projects in the refrigerator and realize that this man is not eating eating well and he was so happy I, I, I will bet he was. And and being left on your alone when people, you know, you, you can kind of fool a lot of people that you're okay. You can't fool your family if they're looking because we know the difference. But I, I mean... For me, I, and also I have my my writing partner, producing partner, his dad had dementia towards the last year of his life. And, you know, they found out that he was like going and buying like these coins, like spending lots of money on like collector coins. And and I would and for me, when I was cleaning out my mom's closet, I found like the same pair of pants from Chico's with the, still the tags on them. Like they literally sold her the same pair of pants, like 10 of them, you know, <laughs> And I thought, oh, my God, people need to know more that when someone comes in and buy, you know, of that age and they're buying the same pants over again, you know, something's not kosher. So did that happen at all? Did you see that kind of, you know, there were, you know, a lot of duplicates in the house and they had a huge a bedroom that they had turned into a pantry room. So there were shelves in there. It's like, holy mackerel, how many of these do we need? And you know, they planned for doomsday and they had, you know, 20 pounds of salt on hand and stuff like that. In <laughs> like you do. <laughs> um, you also uh, fix cars. You're actually a, a car uh, enthusiast and her dad was car also enthusiast. a car enthusiast. So you had a lot of cars there as well that you guys engaged in fixing. Well, the thing was he had a 1970 uh, pickup truck, um, Ford F100 and and it hadn't been running for a couple of years. It literally had moss growing on it. It was in a carport. And uh, 
So I got to get this truck running. We need it to go to the dump. We just need to get it running, period, because, you know, we're we're closing up shop here in Washington. So, you know, and my dad, of course, can't remember how long ago anything had taken place. So, uh, you know, it's like, boy, well, dead battery, of course. So put that on the tender. That didn't work. Replace that. And then it's like, well, still won't start. So let's, dad says the spark plug. So he pulls them out and he's cleaning them and, you know, the cute pictures of him cleaning spark plugs. And so I literally am climbing up inside of this truck engine and doing, pulling out and replacing spark plugs. That didn't work. We bought new spark plugs. Then the last thing, because it still didn't start, was the fuel. So I am uh, give my dad a can of fuel, and I expose the carburetor, and I say, okay, Dad, when, when I tell you, pour in the fuel. And I turned over the engine, I said, pour it. And he poured it in there, and bam, that thing started right up. And it was like this huge high-five moment. I mean, I've been working on this for two days to get this truck running, and it starts. I'm having this huge moment. And I'm, you know, literally high five, dad. I am all smiles. And at the dinner table, a few hours later, I said, man, what a great thing that we got that truck started. And he looked at me like, what? I thought, oh my gosh, the trips to the parts store for the battery, for the spark plug. Everything was gone. All this work. Oh, so that's those moments where you just, wow, it just really makes you think. Even though he doesn't remember them, they are remembered by you. And you have that experience and that bonding and that connection with him that's so, that's so lovely. I do. I just cherish all of the experiences. And some of them, you know, they're a little rough to digest. But what was the roughest thing you had to address or deal with that you didn't think you, that was going to hit you? Probably sitting on, on his bed. He was just sitting there. He was in his pajamas getting ready for bed and and, you know, having to take doing that big sigh, I would always, you know, I'd get his jammies ready for him and because he didn't remember where they were. And so got him all like, OK, get your pajamas on. And he was just sitting on his bed and he just looked lost. And I said, what's the matter, daddy? And he said, I, I just I don't I don't know. He said, I can't figure things out here. He said, I'm looking over here and there is my wedding picture. And this is my furniture, and I'm in a motel room. Ugh. You know? Ugh. So that was, like, That's really hard. hard. You know, I had to reassure him that I'm there and you're, you're home. And one of the things that I did for him is I put a big uh, a whiteboard on the back of his bedroom door. So he closed his door at night. and uh, But it had on there that you are... You are home in, you know, this is your home in Yellow, Washington, and you're with Kristen and your dog, Bear. Because he would come out at night sometimes. I did the same thing. I used, I had notes everywhere when my mom lived with me this year at home. Yeah, I was like, uh, you're, you live with Susie and Maddie and the two dogs. Don't feed the dogs anymore. They're getting fat. She was like, every five minutes, she would feed the dogs. And I'd go, Mom, you just fed them. She's like, leave me alone. They look great. I, I, I literally photoshopped them to look like balloons, like like Macy Day Parade. And I said, if you love us, don't feed us. And, I, and she said, what? They look fantastic. 
<laughs> and so, yeah, I know they get so disoriented. And my mom actually thought she was in a hotel. She went up when she lived in assisted living. She got in a fight with my stepdad um, and went to the front desk and said, I'm checking out, but I'm he, but he's not coming with. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> You uh, invited me to, to the screening that one day. You said, hey, I'm, I'm going to watch. I got to sit and watch this movie. So, you know, watching the movie, it, it just hit me between the eyes. And, uh, and I, you know, I was a son that knew his dad's favorite ice cream. And, and uh, when Rance was there with who he thought was his wife, which was his caregiver, you know, and, and just saying, I, I can't keep it straight. You're, you're young and I'm old. I... I don't understand and just so confused. And that was that moment that my dad was sitting on that bed at the, on the bedside and just so confused. I don't, I don't understand. Yep. How did that make you feel? What was going on for you? Yeah. yeah heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. That's Christian. I think you did an amazing job. I was given some advice. Um, I, I met Lisa Gibbons through a mutual friend. We had lunch and I thought my mom might have Alzheimer's and her, and the best advice she gave me was her disease even though it's a very long disease it will progress suddenly so quickly that you will have lost moments so video 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 like you took photos and I took her on I took her up on that advice and it was really such great advice because now I have that and I was just wondering if you had some sage advice that you wanted to share. I would definitely go with photographing and videotaping. And I would sit down and ask him questions. You know, you get surprised at some of the answers that you get. You know, you just cherish these moments and like they could be good or they could be kind of sad. How did just the rest of your family handle you caregiving and, and that kind of responsibility? Was that, that a shared dialogue i think you know with my brother and my sister we were uh, we were a team and uh and so i tried to share as much as possible and you know lots of text messages and and uh, my big brother stepped in one day when my dad wanted to drive himself to go get a haircut and no that wasn't going to happen and i told him you know i said well or the, i think we had the painting crew there and we couldn't go and and I said, well, we got to kind of wait. He goes, no, I want the keys and I'm going to go now. It's like a little kid sitting in the car, wouldn't, wouldn't get out. And uh, uh, my brother, I finally got him on the phone and he's the one that talked him down out of that, this experience. <laughs> um, but uh, so you had to, you know, I had to pull in my family for support and some days. And that was even on the last night that my mom was alive. Uh, I was sitting there on the phone. I was like, I need to phone a friend. This was a really hard mm. day with somebody with lung cancer that can't breathe. And uh, so she was in bed and uh, in the room. I had her on the first floor in a hospital bed. And, and uh, I was the only one left. My my sister and my niece had left. That uh, She was in my, my niece as a nurse. And, you know, I thought, okay, here I am by myself and with my dad who knows nothing. And so anyway, I was on the phone and I said, I think we need to let mom know it's okay to go. And I kid you not, seconds later, she started gasping and choking in the other room. Mm. And, and my, I, had, I had turned around and there's my dad standing there who had gotten out of bed also. 
and I, he heard me and I said, I think we need to let mom know it's okay to go. And he, he just big sigh. And he said, yeah. And seconds after that, that's when she went into distress and never pulled out of that. But, uh, so, and that's when you pull in your whole family and, uh, and it was important through this whole journey that I have been on that, you know, I included my, my siblings was just down the street. So she was a, a source of support. Really need a lot of support. It's hard. You do. You really do. And I, and I think that's a, a great, that's great advice. And if you don't have siblings or your siblings can't step up for one reason or another, which happens, then you got to reach out to friends. Others. Others. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of support them. groups. There's places. There's like, also, you know, Alzheimer's Greater Los, or Los Angeles, and they have great resources. And there's just a lot of resources. And if there isn't, you know, like we, I, Cassie and I are are aggregating as many resources as, resources as we can, so that if you're not close to something in your city, you can find something, you know, that that you'll find something that you'll be able to glean information from or find help because you can't do it alone what, what an incredible human being an incredible journey that you've been on Kristen could do you mind sharing with us what transitioned you into having to put your um, dad into a facility and then also the transition of him moving on we wanted to move him back to California so that you know that we could all be near him and uh, because of my work schedule and just the fact that he was very bonded to me, it made the most sense for him to stay with locally with me. So um, we ended up moving him to a couple different care facilities. And, uh, but that was the, that made the most sense. Um, and, but my brother and my sister, you know, were, came and visited on a regular basis, which was awesome. And I know during the time that he was in the facilities, cause you and I chatted that, it was not an easy transition for you to not be there all the time with him. Yeah. And, you know, and you're used to, you know, making sure everything is, is right for him and, and to see his hair not combed or, you know, have him a little on the disheveled side or not shaved A man shaved every single day. And, uh, so as soon as I got off work, that's where I went to go take care of my dad. And, and, uh, at the end of his life, you know, and you know that it's kind of a blessing for him to just to to go home to mom. And uh, and so I was OK with that. It's sad, very sad and hard to lose your 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 parents. But, you know, that it's it's for the best. And uh, he wasn't having he didn't have that quality of life anymore. And he had uh, when we moved him here, he was only here it was day 13 and he fell out of bed and uh, broke his hip mm -hmm. and because he of the alzheimer's he didn't realize what had happened to him or whatever i mean he bumped his head pretty bad but he broke it he landed on his hip and broke it you know that story is true that if they break a hip boy yep we were just talking about that it seems like it's the beginning of the exit for some reason um it, yeah it, was it is hard that's hard what an incredible story what an incredible opportunity to share this time with you Kristen. for you to you know give us that insight of, of that that situation and what you went through we thank you so much for being so brave and courageous to do that 
and transparent. I, we really appreciate it because I know that, you know, when I just doing our movies and the kind of response that we'd get from audience members saying, thank you. You told my story. Thank you. I've no, I didn't know anyone else that went through the same thing. So just sharing your personal story is so powerful and I'm overwhelmed by such wonderful people that we've been interviewing and you are one of them. And thank you so much. Kristen, we are grateful for the time that you've spent with us, Susie. I'm absolutely 100% always grateful for you. Um, to our listeners, we're, we're extremely grateful for you. Remember, love is powerful, love is contagious, and love conquers, conquers all. All. <laughs> all right, you guys, take care. All Have a good one. Bye. We love you. All you gotta do is sing a song. Mm-hmm.